0: This past year we've heard the the term new normal a lot. We've heard the the term new normal a lot and I want to I want to challenge the church and ask can't our new normal be a little different than the new normal that the world's been thinking of? Can't can't our new normal be walking with God and seeing us be able to walk in freedom and seeing uh, other people being able to be set free, seeing other people be able to walk in callings and purposes and giftings that, that God wants to put on them and, and being able to see the, the lies and the deceptions being able to put off to the side. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to, want to think of as new normal because I've got a different expectation and that's the new normal I want to see for our youth, you know? And I've done youth ministry. Uh, this will be year three here. And I also interned at Crossroads Church. And can I tell you that every time I've been a youth leader at camp, I've seen the divisions happen at the end of the week. I've seen the attacks of the enemy happen at the end of the week. I've seen people go home a different person and then it only takes a week for them to go back to the same person that they were. The new normal is this. I really hope that the new normal is this because... This is so much better than what we had three weeks ago. And I really hope that we can get a little hungry for that new normal as well. Amen. I I really believe that we have in the Bible, in God's word, a way that we can be able to keep this, the new normal. I, I really believe that the enemy has schemes. The enemy... It says he he roams around like a roaring lion waiting for who he can devour. And I don't want to be devoured. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I'm ready to take my stand against the devil's schemes. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You see, I believe that if the new normal, if this is the new normal, the new normal is walking with God. I be- believe that when we walk with God, we really do walk in his giftings. We really do walk in freedom. We really do walk in purposes. We really do walk in peace. We, whenever we walk with God, I really believe that he gives us all that we need. And whenever Adam and Eve were in the garden, they walked with God. It said in the cool of the day, they had an opportunity to walk with God. And then what happens? The enemy had a scheme. And I really believe that if we're going to be able to walk with God, we've got to first stand. We've got to first take our stand against the enemy so that we can continue to walk with God, so that we can start to walk with God wherever you're at in that scenario. It doesn't matter. You've got to take a stand first. So when Paul writes to the church in Ephesus that the devil has schemes, he then begins to to tell them that there's an armor you can wear. And the first piece of the armor, he says, is the belt of truth. And I don't think of like a little skinny belt like this whenever I think of the belt of truth. I think of like I know I used, to, I used to lift weights. You probably can't tell it. It's been about three years. But when I used to lift weights and I would go to deadlift, uh, I, had a, I had a belt. And this belt was like this thick. And it, it was so thick that it actually helped me keep the right posture in the right position so that in my position, I could do what I needed to do to get stronger without getting hurt. And when we don't have the right position on truth, we begin to get hurt. When we, when we begin to have the wrong position uh, on the things of God, we begin to actually twist the things of God, and people get hurt when the things of God are twisted. We've got to begin to wear the belt of truth. There are so many truths that go around these days, and I really believe it's from the powers and the principalities that, that Paul talks about it. It's not against flesh and blood, but it's, a, it's the enemy that would like to give us wrong thoughts. It's the enemy that would like to give us false truths. You know, the, the enemy would love to have one rumor go around that says, this is truth. And that's all it takes to divide people. We've seen so much division In 2020, it's ridiculous. Whenever the real truth is, is that me and David might not look like brothers, but he's my brother in Christ. And whenever the church can begin to say that the church is my family and they can begin to say that I am an adopted son or daughter in Christ with everybody else around me. That cuts out all the division. We don't have to fight. We don't have to argue because that's the truth. The next thing that Paul talks about is he talks about the breastplate of righteousness. And the breastplate of righteousness, the the breastplate is the heaviest piece of armor whenever we see a piece of armor usually. And listen to this, get this. The, the biggest thing that Jesus did for us is he died for our righteousness. The, the biggest thing that he did for us is he, he came, he died on a cross, rose again in three days so that we could be made right with God, so that we could be able to have right relationship with God because of the original sin that was invited in to this earth. We've got to have the breastplate of righteousness so that we can begin to have right relationship with God himself so that we can be able to be able to, to put off shame and guilt. The first thing that Adam and Eve did whenever they sinned in the garden was they hid. The first thing they felt was shame and guilt from their sin. And God clothed them and began to put them on the path to restore humanity's relationship with God. Jesus gives us the breastplate of righteousness so that we can have right relationship with God. That's relationship restored. That's our sins being cast as far as the east is from the west. You don't have to walk in shame and guilt anymore. Jesus already took care of that 2,000 years ago. We've got to begin to walk with the breastplate of righteousness. The next piece of armor that Paul talks about is he talks about the shoes that are prepared with the gospel of peace. In this day and age, I really believe that the enemy has tried to take away purpose. The enemy has tried to, to pull us away from our calling so that we don't actually fulfill our real calling. You know, and Abby had an opportunity to be able to, to feel the calling of God in her life and be able to, to see into, uh, a vision into the future of the purposes of God in her life. The gospel of peace. Our purpose is to go and make disciples. Our purpose is to be able to bring the gospel into whatever situation that we're in. Our purpose is to be peacemakers and bring peace to this earth because the enemy has tried to do the exact opposite. And so often I've met Christians who don't feel ready to share their faith. I've I've met Christians that don't feel prepared to share the gospel. And that is the biggest lie of the enemy. God so loved the earth that he sent Jesus, his one and only son, so that we could have right relationship with him. No matter what sins you've committed, they're all the same in his eyes. And he's ready to cast them. As far as the east is from the west, so that he can have relationship with each and every one of us, but we don't feel ready. We've got to be ready. The next piece of the armor that Paul shares is the shield of faith. And the shield's a little different. Paul actually gives us a little bit after he says, take up the shield of faith. He says that the shield of faith can actually extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. You know, it's funny because the, on the day of Pentecost, the Lord sent his fire. And we ought to be carriers of that fire in our lives. How many of you guys know that there are certain firefighter crews around the country that when they deal with wildfires, they will use explosions or they will use other fires to fight the fire because they can control the smaller fire. And, and all I could think of when I was reading this is like, oh, the enemy's got a little fiery dart, and it's just ready to put out the bigger fire that the Lord wants to to start. You know, like, oh, they got they got a little little spark over there. I'm gonna, you know, and all it takes is the shield to to extinguish it. But so often we don't have the faith to be able to see into the supernatural. We don't have the faith to be able to see into the not past the flesh and blood. We don't have the faith to see the not flesh and blood battle. We don't have the faith to see the darts coming. And that's all God wants us to do is have the faith that's going to stop the enemy from working in our lives. The next thing that Paul talks about is the helmet of salvation. Salvation is actually where our our real walk with God, has an opportunity to begin. Whenever whenever we make the decision for Jesus to come into our hearts, that's when we actually have the opportunity to take our stand against the enemy. And the helmet of salvation, actually, I feel like is, is one that we accept it and then we overthink. That's exactly what the enemy wants us to do. He says to Eve, did God really say that he wants to provide for you and protect you? Or did, did God really say that you would, you would be provided for? Or did God really say that you have your salvation? I don't, know, I don't know what lies you've allowed the enemy to bring in. But whenever we have our helmet of salvation on, all of that, that's deflected. When we remember what Jesus did for us on the cross and we remember the truth that's in His word, when we remember who He says we are, all of that stuff doesn't matter. When we can begin to say, "No, Jesus said he, he did save me." Jesus said he would provide for me." Jesus said, he is faithful. Jesus said that I can be healed." Jesus said, "I don't know what what doubt." the enemies try to come against you with. But we've got to take our stand against that scheme. And we've got to remember our salvation and remember the things that the Lord spoke to us and, and the reason why we said yes to Jesus in the first place. Don't let yourself be talked out of salvation. Before I get to this last point, I got to ask, how many of you have walked outside at like 7, 8 o'clock at night out here in Louisiana summer. How many of y'all have been driven right back inside by the mosquitoes? <laughs> you know, sometimes the devil's schemes can seem like some mosquitoes, I think, you know? We're bigger than them. We're better than them. I got more power than them. But somehow, man, they drove me back in my house. And, and, you know, I don't normally break out the bug zapper unless they got me real mad. But the Lord, he's He's told us to, to be ready, right? He's told us to be prepared. And if you wait till you're being bullied to actually take your stand, you're a little late. You know, Whenever I break out the bug zapper, or I break out the fly swatter, or I have to go search through my old hiking backpacking bag to find some uh, bug spray. You know, it's almost a, a little too late. Like I should have been prepared before. I should have put the bug spray on before I went outside because I should have known there was mosquitoes. I should have known. But so often... We act like we can go two and three and four weeks or months or however long without opening up our Bible, without putting on the breastplate of righteousness, without remembering our salvation and act like, oh, it'll be okay. The enemy can't do me nothing. I didn't. I know I didn't pray all last week. I was a little busy. So what? No, that's not how that works. That's not how. The armor works. You wear the armor so that you're prepared. You wear the armor so that you can take your stand. You wear the armor so that the enemy can't mess with you, so that he doesn't drive you back. This last piece of armor, I believe, is like what I was talking about when I break out the bug zapper and when I break out the fly swatter, because this last piece of armor is actually the only offensive piece That we see. And it's the sword of the spirit. And Paul says that it is the word of God. And it's and that the Bible itself is what we need to be able to come against the enemy to push him back. When we take our stand, I I thought about this whenever I was writing. Like, you know, we don't have knights and armor and all of that stuff. But we do have riot squads and, and SWAT teams in our nation, and they'll sit there with their shield for for a little bit of time, and they're prepared, like, for whatever comes at them, but then after a while, they break out the tear gas, and they start pushing back whatever's coming back at them. Why, why do we as the church just allow the enemy to push back and push back and push back We have the sword, we have the Bible to be able to declare whatever promises of God that the enemy's been lying to you about. We have the Bible to be able to proclaim his goodness in our lives and not claim what the enemy's tried to put on us. We've got to take our stand. So as the worship team comes out, I've got a couple questions to ask. You know, some of you, you might be here today, and you've never made the decision for Jesus to be your Savior. You've never made that first step into walking with God yet, and that's okay. You know, we read in Scripture that Jesus came so that whosoever believes can have eternal life. They can have forgiveness of sins. They can have relationship with God restored to them. Amen. I think about that and it's, it's insane to me. Yeah, I, it's, it's indescribable that he would think about me. And I know I'm standing here and I know he's thought about you. He's thought about you when you haven't thought about him. He's thought about you when you did think about him. I believe he was drawing you to him. He's thought about you even whenever you did the exact opposite of what he would love to have for you to do. And that's okay. Because I believe he's here today. He sent his his presence, his Holy Spirit here today. And he wants relationship with you. In Romans, we read that He doesn't make it hard. The work's already been done over 2,000 years ago. And it says, all we have to do is confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord. And that's how we accept the free gift of salvation. And then we get the opportunity to walk with God in the process of sanctification. And if you've never made that decision, I want to invite you to raise your hand. I want to be able to pray with you because I prayed that prayer for the first time in my life nine years ago and it forever changed my life after. For the better. It was the best decision I ever made in my entire life. So if that's you, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Awesome. Awesome. That means we're all family up in here. That means... You realize whenever we have made the decision to accept Jesus as our Savior, it says we become co-heirs with Christ as adopted children of God to be able to to do the work of the kingdom. That's that's what we are, we're family here. The next question I have to ask you, because I've seen it so often whenever we walk with the Lord, the enemy's ready to break out of schemes the same way he did to Adam and Eve. I've got to ask you, would you say you're trying to walk with the Lord here today and you felt the enemy's schemes coming against you? You felt the enemy try to push back a little bit. You you don't feel like you have the same relationship you had with God whenever you first got saved. Or after you grew a little bit in the Lord. God wants you to walk that close with him again. God wants you to to not feel like you have to do it on your own. He wants you to put on his armor. And he wants you to be able to take your stand against the enemy. Because he wants to walk with you. He wants to walk with you that close. He wants to walk with you closer than he walked with you yesterday. Tomorrow. He wants to walk with you closer than you walked with him today. So today, if there's anybody here that wants to take their stand against the enemy, would you stand up? I want to pray with you because we can walk closer than we did yesterday with God. We get we get the opportunity to push back the enemy and kick him out of our relationship with God. Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you for each and every person that's decided they're going to take a stand against the enemy. Lord, I I know you see them. I know you're with them. Lord, I pray that you would begin to speak to them, begin to show them the areas that the enemy has tried to steal relationship with you, God. I pray, Lord, that you would begin to strengthen them. Lord, begin to to strengthen their armor. Lord, help them to, to see the areas of the armor they've left out. Lord, help them to be able to see the areas that you want them to let you into, God. I pray that you would help each and every one of us to be able to walk closer with you than we ever did before, God. I pray, Lord, that we would be able to push forward, Lord, that we would be able to to keep your fire burning in our own lives, Lord, and that we would be able to, to have the readiness and the peace to be able to spread your kingdom to every person that we come in contact with. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would have your way in each and every one of our lives, God. I pray that you would help us to not push push back the enemy, Lord. I pray that you would not allow us to sit back while the enemy pushes us back, God. I pray that you would not allow us to see other people in your church hurting and not help them. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be able to rely on you and your armor and your word to be able to continue to grow closer to you, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Father, for every person here today, God. I pray that you would show them the, the relationship that you desire to have with them. Lord, I pray that you would pull on their hearts this week, God. Lord, I thank you for everything that you are doing in your church. I pray that that you would continue, Lord, to bring it to completion. And I know you will because you're faithful. Lord, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.